Hi, and welcome to Finance Matters, the podcast series where we bring you bite-sized thoughts, stories, and inspiration in the hopes they'll be useful to you on this road we're all on to do our best and be our best in this world of remote work here at UVA Finance. I'm your host, Brandi Van Ormer. And I'm Patty Marbury. And Patty and I are coming to you live and separately from our own dining room tables or breakfast bars. Patty, where are you? I'm in my living room. Nice. I haven't been working in my living room. I've been working at my dining room table, but I just needed a change of scenery. So I decided to go into a different room. <laughs> I took my first conference call this morning from the patio on my porch swing, and it was lovely. A little chilly, but there are definitely benefits to our new world of remote work. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is not my proximity to the pantry. One of our um, oh, yeah. One of our former guests, Josh Breeden, who you may remember, was on for um, inner team uh, cross-functional work. Right. He had purposefully had to stop buying Cheetos because of our new situation. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so, you know, we laugh a little bit about the new world that we're in and the uncertainty and the new way that we have to think about things. But there have been several ways in which the change has made us think about normal things that we do differently. And mm -hmm. one of those things is the way that we communicate. And we yeah. alluded to this in our last episode, but we thought we'd go over a few of the basics again and then get a little bit more in depth on how this remote environment makes you need to think about the way you're communicating, especially via email a little more carefully, mm -hmm. especially because yep. it feels like we're, even though we're further apart, we're communicating a lot more. <laughs> I feel that too. Yeah. I feel like I've had way more meetings. Um, I feel like I've been communicating with people as much, if not more than when I was in the office. Yep. I've finally gotten over my um, fear of seeing myself on screen. Yeah. But it, that doesn't mean I'll be listening to these podcasts anytime soon. Still hate to hear myself <laughs> recorded. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about, we're not going to talk about how you look or how you sound. Let's talk about um, actual communication strategies. Mm -hmm. um, when we were together last time talking about navigating remote work, we talked about some basic things related to communication, like not forgetting that one-on-one -on -one communication is still important. Mm -hmm. And Patty, I know that you and your team especially have really benefited and enjoyed, what is it, daily one-on-one -on -one contact? It's not daily one-on-one. -on -one. It's, uh, we have a daily team meeting. Yes. Um, and then I've also scheduled one-on-ones with each team member. Nice. Um, just to give them a chance to talk about some of their, their specific projects, but then also to give them a chance to really feel free to talk about how they feel and yep. um, that, that kind of thing that they may not be. I mean, our team is a little unique because we're pretty close, um, but, and most of us feel pretty open to talking about pretty much anything, but at the same time, I just want to give people the opportunity to do that if they need to. You know, you were saying that your team was pretty close anyway, but you feel like they've gotten, you've gotten closer or more relaxed about talking about other things too. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's an interesting part overall about this situation that we've all had to get used to one another as a whole person, even though we're not together. 
because we see one or one another in different lights because we're not just working from home. We're working at home in the midst of a crisis situation and right. we have children and families and day-to-day things that are swirling all around us. So this isn't just, I decided to telecommute. <laughs> right. It's, it's something different all together. And right. I, w- I was very uncomfortable the first few times um, one of my kids yelled something across the room while I was on a conference call or the little one sidled into the Zoom video. <laughs> oh, but, I think it's cute. <laughs> I hope people <laughs> continue to think it's cute or they don't like secretly talk about how much I seem not to brush my children's hair. But it's, it's funny too, because you kind of have to let go of some of that sense of control over your environment. Mm-hmm. We yeah. really, as a society, don't have much control right now. <laughs> no. And yeah. when we're talking about the work situation, it's, it's different even than how we have worked remotely in the past. So this yeah. communication stuff becomes even more important. Yeah. Um, so think back to your first comment, just don't forget about those one-on-one yeah. needs um, that people have. Well, and taking that into consideration, one of our other guidelines, and we'll link to this again, the, the communication best practices that we were talking a little bit about last time, one of those guidelines was to consider individual preferences on communication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, there are certain things you'll definitely do, like you do your team meetings on Zoom, your team check-ins, but how one of your team members prefers to interact with you um, on a daily basis might be different than how another does. Somebody may be really comfortable sending you email questions and someone else might just need to pick up the phone and call you. Yes. And that's right. Yeah. So considering those things is even more important and also struggling to really be concise with all of your messages. Yeah. It's more important to do that now than ever because there are fewer channels that people can be communicating through. Right. and you don't want a person to have to read a really, I mean, it's, it's not good email. Um, etiquette. <laughs> I was going to say etiquette, but I, I think just more uh, like, it's just not a good practice to have um, super long emails. People don't read them. Yeah. And so. And if you're, you have now, a super long email, fun. yeah, we'll get into this a little bit longer, a little bit later, but if you do have a super long email, chances are you're either rattling on too long about one thing or you're saying many things that need to be separated into separate communications. And either way, the reader is going to have to wade through all your words to figure out what it is you're actually talking about or how many things it is that you're actually talking about and how each one of those things affects them. Yeah. And nine chances out of 10, they won't do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) And true. Deleted. Being concise is even more important now than it is in normal circumstances, I think. And also, um, as we're working from home, and I think, I don't actually think that many people at UVA, at least, or in our area of the world where we work, um, not that we're like overachievers, I think we're a great team, but I think we're super conscientious, if nothing Mm -hmm. else, because we're in finance. But one of the guidelines is being be as reliable as you would be if your colleagues could see you face to face. I really don't see our team being the type that take advantage of not being physically in the same place. Yeah, 
in fact, I, I see us as being the type that overcompensate for that. <laughs> I feel like I'm overcompensating for that. I'll give you an example. In the work, in, in the office, I don't think much of being, I don't mean super late. If I'm super late to a meeting, I am very, you know, like I'm, I acknowledge that and I would have a reason for it. Right. I'm about one, two minutes late. Yeah. Now that we're on. Uh, <laughs> now that we're on Hollywood squares, it's different. <laughs> right. I, for some reason, I feel more self-conscious about popping in late or, I mean, it's a weird thing because it's not as noticeable. Well, but, and um, by the same token, like, you know, you might um, get up and go fill up your water bottle when you're in the office and chat with a couple of people on your way back to your desk. But when I'm here at home and I go get a drink and I take a few minutes to wipe off the kitchen counter, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> right. Better work until six o'clock for that. <laughs> right, yes, that's right. We're just a little bit um, self-conscious about that right now. And yeah. maybe that settles in as you get along, get going. But that's just a good thing to keep in mind that you are working in a different environment, but don't be unrealistic, whether it's slacking off or overcompensating in the other right. direction. Either way, yeah. you know, <laughs> at least, or at least recognize that you do it. Like it's yeah. just... And, and figure out why. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why I feel the way I do about the whole having to be on before the Zoom meeting starts. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure by week five or six or seven, I'll probably be like, ah. <laughs> well, it's just like what week three and I finally decided that um, the resolution on my webcam is enough that I don't really need to worry about my hair so much. <laughs> like you really can't see how fuzzy it is. It's fine. <laughs> Y'all know the podcast world should be glad that you don't have to see me right now. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more in depth now about messaging. And a lot of this will be email related um, when we talk about it, but we can, you can translate it into other things as well. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, think about Communi communicating using the right method at the right time. We yeah. have Skype messaging and Teams messaging. We do have email, of course, the old standby, the Zoom calls and the phone calls. Um, and like Patty was saying, really long emails are just never gonna be anybody's favorite. Typically, email should be reserved for single or very straightforward messages. When you've got a long email, it can be easy for multiple details to get lost. So if you have to use email and good reasons, there are good reasons to do that. I myself track my work through email. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, know, if you ask me um, what happened with a certain task. Usually I do a search in my send items to find out what's the last time, the last thing, way I talked about that task. Yeah. But um, if you do use email and you have lots of things to say, mm -hmm. um, to a single person, still break those messages up if you want to use email so that you can mm -hmm. be clear in the email what you're asking that person to do or how you want them to respond or what the due dates are. And you can then use the subject line of your email to reflect that subject and the desired action to be taken so that mm -hmm. if they're doing the same thing as I'm doing, 
which is kind of tracking their tasks through their email, it's easy to see the email that you sent them that says, please review this financial report by Wednesday the 3rd. Yes. Yeah, so give a deadline specifically if you need that. And one of the things that I have heard before, I don't know if I read this or if I saw this in a class about email communications, but um, is to write up front, you express why you're, why you're writing the email. Yep. So you, you start with, I'm writing to ask that you, whatever it is. Yep, and then um, you jump into all the detail from there. Right, is that something that you, you think is good practice? Absolutely, especially because if you think about how people, actually, let me back up just a second. This is just a good guiding principle. When you are communicating with anyone, think about that person and how they will receive your message. What's their day like? What's their workflow like? Where are they gonna be? What's their work life like? And that'll help you make some good decisions. It, when I'm emailing Melody, for instance, <laughs> I'm, I think about the fact that she's getting, she's our vice president for those of you who are outside the organization. She's getting a ton of emails every day and mm -hmm. she's trying to kind of triage them and get the things that need immediate attention out and make some decisions with a quick glance on what can be put off and what needs immediate attention. Mm -hmm. So I try in my subject line to say things like, <laughs> your, your blog article for Thursday, please review and respond by such and such a day. Or, and that's in the subject line, or if I'm emailing her to ask her a question on what to do next about something, like you said, I email, I send the email with the question at the top. I'm writing you to ask you what to do about fiscal administrators meeting. And then I get into the long, hairy explanation of what's yeah, the backstory. Yeah, yeah, the backstory. Back, yeah, the background um, information. So, you know, you can be tempted. I think our, how we sometimes approach these things is to say, okay, I've got a problem. And you tell the whole long and hairy story. And then you say, okay, what do you think I should do? Um, but in the case of email, it's best to start with, here's my question or here's what I need. So that person can decide up front whether to read this now, to read it later, mm -hmm. how important it is or isn't, what they need to do with it. Um, they don't have to scroll all the way to the bottom to figure out what it is you're trying to say. And there's more chance that you'll get what you want from that interaction as well. Yeah. It's not just that you're trying to be nice to them. I mean, you are, but you also want an answer or you want whatever it is you need from them. It yeah, it's so kind it, of like make it more like, likely you'll get it. <laughs> right. It, you, you almost have to think about how would you be approaching if if you were um, stopping by this person's office, like you wouldn't you wouldn't stop by a person's office and give the entire background information. And I don't know. I've, I've had some people lean against my office. Really? Door. <laughs> but, but, but then aren't you tempted to say, what do you need? Yes. Like, Yes. And so, so I feel like that is like, if I would to pop into your office, I would probably say, Brandy, I need some, I need your opinion about something. Yes. Or I need to uh, find out, you know, um, 
what date you need this by and then go into the story. Yeah, or like- I would do that. So I would definitely do that, or I should. I don't know that I do that in an email, but um, when writing, I think that that's something that I would think about. I mean, I'm gonna go just a little deeper into the email stuff a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and because we're, we're talking about it, so let's get in there a little bit mm -hmm. deeper. There are some other email best practices to consider um, when you're thinking, we're talking a lot about one of the first guiding principles, which is think about the purpose of your communication. Yeah. You know, it, what is it that you want them to know that they don't already know? Do they need mm -hmm. to do something or meet a deadline or review something? And we've been talking about how you make that really apparent up front. Do it up front, not at the end. But mm -hmm. we're also talking about thinking of who your audience is. And our discussion so far has been focused on a single recipient. Um, but in our world of work, that's not always the case. You right. may need to come to communicate with multiple people about something or the problem or situation may be so, I hate to say impactful because I hate that word. <laughs> it, may, it may affect so many areas that you need to send the communication to several people. And in our world where people up the chain and down the chain need to know certain things, it can be helpful for you before you even hit send to spend a good few minutes thinking, who needs to hear this? Who would this yeah. matter to? And um, who do I need to CC or forward this to? Just think about who needs to be kept in the know about this as well. Because again, when we're working remotely now, this is a little more important because it's not like we have as many chances to just kind of hear each other talking about things. We have to be a little bit more purposeful about the information we're sharing. Yeah. So that's a good thing to think about. Mm -hmm. um, so let's think a little bit more then about communication and how it works best and what channels we use. Mm -hmm. Everybody, it seems like, is using Zoom right now. Yeah. And remember seeing the meme that said, it was like a little, one of those little achievement pins, and it said, I survived another meeting that could have been an email. Oh, right, yes. Now the little memes are going around that said, I survived another Zoom call that could have been an email. <laughs> right. Because yeah. we have a wonderful new technology and we're all learning to use so many different things. We all started learning how to use the funky backgrounds. Woohoo, I'm on the beat. Yeah. I'm in front of the rotunda. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in my dining room and I'm just, that's where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm afraid my hair will look funny against those backgrounds. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but um, then we discovered things like the whiteboard and you can record calls and you can have waiting rooms. and you know, like any kid with a new toy, we're excited. So when yeah. we need to talk about something with our teams or with our colleagues, I think our default right now is let's set up a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not that it's wrong or bad, but it's just like anything else. You have to think, do we really need a Zoom call? Yeah. Or can we handle it via Skype or, or Teams chat? You know, um, mm -hmm. does it have to be? A Zoom call. Does it have to be yeah. something that somebody's going to have to like fix their hair for? <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, you could just not put yourself on video. <laughs> that's true. That's true. 
Um, and it's funny because we talk about, you know, you don't have to necessarily send an email for something. You could pick up the phone and call people. Yes. Um, all these considerations, there's no one channel that's a magic bullet and no one yeah. that, you know, if you use this all the time, you're going to be doing great. You have to make those decisions all the time. And it is great that on Zoom, you can normally see the person's face and get some kind of indication of how they're reacting to you. True. But it doesn't always have to be a Zoom. When I was talking about the one-on-ones, I really prefer to do those via Zoom. Um, and also on video. I, I yeah. don't record them or anything, of course, but, um, but I just prefer because I feel like it's more personal and it's a face-to-face. -face. Um, sometimes when I'm on these large meetings, I don't put myself on video just because I think it's sometimes distracting to see other people on video. And you so know, and that's really true. When you're in those really large meetings, you know, when mm -hmm. you can scroll over and see another set of people who are there, you can see everyone equally in those situations. Whereas if you were in a room with them, Mm -hmm. You only be able to like really observe a few people who are in your line of sight. Right. That's I can, true. I can look in depth at all of you on Zoom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it can be distracting if the person's yeah, got a distracting background or if they're, sorry, Brandy, kids are coming into the, up. <laughs> um, or, 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 um, <laughs> or they've got a TV on in the background and you're like, what are they watching? <laughs> or anything, any number of things. And so yes. sometimes I think that um, in those large meetings, it's better to, especially if you need to pay attention, it's better to just, I mean, even if you're, I guess you can even shut down the participant panel so you can't see that, but, um, but just to kind of keep the distractions at a minimum. And I say this just for sheer fun, not to pick on this person at all. Um, I was on a Zoom call the other day and the person was in their kitchen and lovely, wonderful. Um, and I could see um, their liquor cart in the background. And I was like, <laughs> what you got going on there? Yeah, that could be distracting. That could be distracting. Um, so there are lots of th new things that we have to think about, but our point here with this whole thing is a, a Zoom conversation is wonderful if you need that face-to-face -to -face touch mm -hmm. um, or if you need to stay in contact with colleagues who you don't normally see. We have a, used to be daily and now it's every other day, a management call. And mm -hmm. it's great to see those people in the morning mm -hmm. because for the rest of the day, um, you know, seven-tenths of them, Patty and I, we don't see the rest of the day. Right. Um, so it's great to check in with them there. But for a lot of the other people that, you know, your team members, every time you need to know something from Jack or Danielle, you don't have to Zoom call them because you see them frequently. You don't have to right. break into their day with that. You can just send yeah. them messages or email them. Yeah. Uh, a, um, like you said, uh, like a Teams message or Skype, if you're still using Skype, um, is much easier to, if you have just a quick question. Right. You know, we've talked a lot of, about how much more intentional you have to be about communicating right now, you know, choosing to do the face-to-face, -face, choosing mm -hmm. to not have distractions where you can help it, um, and really organizing your day in a way, if you can, 
that minimizes interruptions. Mm -hmm. We've talked about me having two small children here, but one thing that I realized maybe a week and a half in, and it shouldn't have taken me this long to figure it out, is that in the afternoon, my four-year-old still loves a nap. And that's great because she's a heavy napper (laughs) Mm -hmm. and she'll nap like three hours and that's great time for me to report record podcasts or yeah you know do something really in-depth or quiet work and but I know that she needs me to put her down to sit with her for a few minutes so Mm -hmm. I don't want to schedule actual conversations with people at that time I do graphics or write blog articles or edit websites up there Mm -hmm. sitting in the bed by her on my laptop until she falls asleep. And, you know, those are weird things that we never had to think of before. Yeah. And people who don't have kids who are like, yeah, I got to walk my dog or. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of my dogs, my dog is trying to get on my lap right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's wonderful, right? Like you never get to have Mickey on your lap. I know. He's not the perfect (laughs) dog. (laughs) But, you know, I can't even imagine all the challenges that people have with those different things when you're in your home, trapped in your Mm -hmm. home (laughs) with Mm -hmm. your fellow quarantinees. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing that we've talked about in um, management team and in different conversations, like with culture crew and other groups that think about some of these softer things, is that you also have to be intentional about those softer things. Mm-hmm. A chat that you might have done in the hallways that builds rapport with your colleagues or the thank yous that you say as you pass through going back to your desk, you know, hey, mm-hmm. thanks for getting back to me so quickly on that. I really appreciated it. Or even I just think about um, there are people whose names I don't even know who are down there on the first floor bat cave level with us at Carothers mm-hmm. Hall. <laughs> but I see these certain female coworkers every day and I know every time I see this one person that I'm going to say, Ooh, I love your shoes. (laughs) And there's a certain amount of that that you're never going to get that you benefit from if you aren't intentional about it, like still connecting in a low key way with your colleagues. Yeah. Not that I have to email Lynn Schwar and tell her I like her sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that because I know Lynn listens. (laughs) She's going to be like, what? (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know one thing that we do in uva finance is we have our little shout out board and people yeah. really like that they like to put the yeah. little note about something great that somebody else did for them that recognizes yeah them. and yes. we're not physically there anymore so right we started thinking about how we can do that online because mm-hmm. it may not seem like such a big deal but it is important yeah if we think creatively we can still do those kinds of things yeah, and some of the things that people have suggested are um, to ways ways to stay connected are things like um, somebody talked about that in our leadership meeting this morning about having virtual water cooler chat or something like that. Hey, that's, that's really interesting. Thing. So yeah. we were talking about that in continuous improvement committee, and uh-huh. I forget who shared that in there. And I thought that is a great idea. So I yeah. just set up some daily fifteen minute. Um, Zoom office hours where mm-hmm. I'll just be on Zoom and you can jump in if you have a quick question. Mm-hmm. Totally not mandatory and it doesn't take any time out of my day. I can just sit here and do what I'm doing. Um, but that way I don't feel like I'm over scheduling my team 
mm-hmm. they know there's a dedicated time that they can come and ask questions, even if we're not setting up a meeting, you know, for those That's type of things. Idea. Yeah, it wasn't my idea, but <laughs> I totally copied off of somebody else. But, you know, for one of those things, times, you know, people wouldn't set up a meeting just to ask you a few questions, but they would stop by your office and lean against your door frame and say, hey. Right. So it's that kind of thing. I thought that might be helpful. Yeah. I'll let y'all know how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and one other thing that we really haven't talked about, maybe we could wrap up with this, is... Um, and this, this one, what I ran across it when I was researching these communications best practices. The idea that um, you process communication differently in written communication and text-based commun- interaction than you do when you're in person. And That's yes. Really good point. Yeah, Zoom is great, but body language and tone are really important to how we process communication. And you well know this from being in an email-based work zone that you can read an email and think, wow, that sounds totally crappy. But the person (laughs) who wrote it had not a crappy thought in their head. (laughs) Yeah. Absent tone can be absent in written communication, but also it can be, you can interpret people differently based on how they express themselves in a written format. Like I think about maybe the baby boomer generation reading emails from the millennial generation or younger. There's a difference in how those folks express themselves in a written way than they do when they're in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And that way is things like text speak and emojis and just a more informal tone. Mm -hmm. And that can come off very strangely if you've never Mm -hmm. been used to interacting with them like that. Yes. Or vice versa. Yeah. It's just, you're, it's almost like you're speaking a different language if you've never Mm -hmm. interacted with people outside of face to face and in meetings, all of a sudden, how they speak and how they express themselves in a written way can throw you if you're not really thinking about it. Yep. Any other thoughts that you have about all this, Patty? I think we've, last week we covered some broad stuff and offered some um, links to some tools about Office 365 and Zoom and all that good stuff. And we've delved a little more deeply into the comm stuff today. Um, What else are we, do you think we're missing something or? We should talk about something else coming up. No, I think we covered a lot today. I think probably if this goes on very much longer, we'll end up doing another session maybe on some of the cool stuff that like the office hours that we hear of people doing that the the communication go better in this circumstance. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'll be interested to see how our online shout outs go. Mm -hmm. And um, we've already in our team had one late Friday afternoon happy hour. So yeah, I was going to say about that. Yep. <laughs> we encourage those. They're very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you have ideas out there in the listening audience about how to make this particular strange time we find ourselves in better with our colleagues at work, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can always email Patty or myself. You can tweet us at UVA underscore finance, UVA, UVA underscore finance. <laughs> And um, we would just love to hear your ideas as well. 
So until next time, stay at home, wash your hands, <laughs> don't touch your face. Um, Patty, we should put a link in the show notes to your um, how to make your own face mask. Oh yeah, go ahead, do that. I totally will. All right, folks. You can make your own face mask. You don't need a. <laughs> you don't need to take the medical ones from the doctors and nurses and there you go. other people that need them. You can make your own with a square cloth and two hair ties. Awesome. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us today for Finance Matters. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we look forward to bringing you great content again sometime soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.